welcome to the Baby Led Movement podcast, where we talk about child development, parenting, and everything in between. I'm your host and friendly neighborhood chiropractor, Lauren Jordan. All right, welcome to week three of the Baby Led Movement podcast. My name is Lauren Jordan, and thank you for being here. Um, This week, we are going to unpack the other side of the three-month developmental pattern. So babies at three months have, um, three months chronological age, I should say, have two major milestones that happen. One on the belly, which is tummy time, and we talked about that last week. And then one is on the back, and we call that three-month supine in my world. It just means that the baby is laying on their spine. But there are multiple things in this pattern that are really important for the baby to to build off of um, for the rest of the milestones, and that is what we're going to be unpacking today. How is it done? Why is it important? How can I make sure my baby is doing it well? But before we get too far down that rabbit hole of the three-month developmental pattern, um, I had a really good question from a patient a couple days ago. She came, she was actually treated by me throughout her pregnancy, and she's so dang sweet. She made the drive to my new office, and then I now have the privilege of treating her sweet, sweet baby girl. Um, so anyway, she asked me, because she she listened to the podcast on the way to her appointment the other day, and she was asking, um, what is the difference between what I'm talking about with the baby-led movement and the Wonder Weeks app. So for those of you that don't have the app or maybe you're not familiar with it just yet, it's an app describing leaps. And what they're saying is that neurological connections are being made and things um, in the brain are starting to happen for the very first time. And that can be mapped out just like these huge milestones. And they, the app is fantastic. If you don't have it, you should get it because it goes through week by week of um, is your baby in a leap? Is it a fussy phase? Um, and talking about like different different side effects, I guess, of you, if you will, of the leap. So right around 12 weeks, I had to look this back up because it's been a while. But in the Leap, the Wonder Weeks app, Leap 3, it's talking about smooth transitions. So in the third leap, your three-month-old will enter smooth transitions. So for the first time, your baby will be able to recognize smooth transitions in sight, sound, taste, smell, touch, and in the way that your baby will perceive its own body. Um, So smooth transitions, things like tones, brightness of the light, moving of objects, Um, that can change into other things. And I'm actually reading like as I'm talking about this, this is they go through in super deep detail of transitions and what your baby is learning for the first time. So again, if you don't have the Wonder Weeks app, I highly, highly recommend. I have found that um, through my son's first 13 months, it was so helpful. My husband and I would look at each other sometimes and say to each other like, why on earth is he being an animal? And we would check the chart, and it was because of that a lot of times. So anyway, that being said, my patient hit the nail on the head. So when we're making these big neurologic connections for the very first time, they often coincide with these huge muscular things that are happening for the first time, these developmental milestones. Like last week, we talked about tummy time, and now we're going to talk about the other three-month pattern. And 
by the way, this is now smooth transitions time. So the brain is undergoing huge changes. So it's cool. She made the connection between the neurologic things that are happening and then the musculoskeletal things that are happening. And obviously that would result in a fussy baby, right? I mean, it makes sense. And we know that fussy babies mean that the brain is trying to figure it out, right? That's what we talked about um, last week and the week before. So um, back to this, back to this pattern, the three-month supine pattern, meaning baby is on the back. There really isn't a lot of things that can go wrong in this pattern. However, I say that, but then I say, you know, however, there are um, a lot of tools that we can put our, our babies in, like buckets, right? So we can put babies in swings, we can put babies in chairs and sit-me-ups, all sorts of things um, that do hinder this pattern. So for sake of clarity, this pattern, I'm talking about baby is on a flat, firm surface on their back and trying to just move and figure out their environment on their own. So no other tools, Motivation, definitely, meaning um, those like play mats and um, with the toys overhead, um, things like that, absolutely. But again, for sake of clarity, I'm not talking about putting your baby in even like a baby Bjorn, which I like. Um, not even that. That's not really this pattern. So this pattern is babies on the back, hanging out freely and with motivation to move. And that's really it. You're just going to put your baby on a flat, firm surface and provide motivation. You're going to find that that's a very common theme for, for this entire journey is that it's very hands-off, which is great. It's great. We don't need all the stuff and we don't need anything fancy. We just need our babies to be motivated and we can provide the motivation. So what's cool about this pattern? Um, there are many things, right? So we talked about um, the three-month prone or tummy time pattern last week and how it's the first time baby is moving with intention. And that's still true in this pattern because baby is still three months chronological age and the baby is going to be moving with intention. And it's very, very cool. So on the back, we're going to picture this. Baby is um, stabilizing their arms and legs and lifting all four extremities up off the ground and their bellies, their big baby doughy bellies are filled with pressure. So next time you, you and your baby are on the ground and your baby is just flat on the back and lifting arms and legs, I want you to feel the tummy of the baby. I mean, you can feel yours too, but feel the tummy of the baby and you'll feel that there's like tension. Like um, we call it intra-abdominal pressure in my world. And it's what I try to cue all of my patients to, to do because we kind of lose it as we, as we start compensating as adults and things. But babies, the ones that are developing properly, will do this spontaneously. And it's the brain um, stabilizing the extremities to move, like the arms and legs to move. And my favorite analogy I heard from one of my mentors through chiropractic school and he said, if you don't have intra-abdominal pressure, it's like trying to shoot a cannon off of a canoe. It's just not going to go well, right? Um, so that's exactly what this is, is we are having a stable base in the belly to be able to move arms and legs freely. And that is the big, big step for this milestone. You may not even see it 
That's the thing is that it, it kind of goes under the radar. Like this is not something that pediatricians are talking about. This is something that not even chiropractors are really talking about or physical therapists. Um, but this is so important for the brain to be able to control because this pressure in the belly will be seen, should be seen, in every subsequent milestone and in every athletic endeavor in the future, in every breathing exercise for the for the organs to be healthy, for the pelvic floor to be healthy. It is so, so important. And again, the beautiful thing about the intra-abdominal pressure is that we don't and can't teach our children how to do it. They will do it if they're just left alone. Now, the problem with sitting a baby um, like at this stage and trying to have them do this this pattern in a seated or uh, reclined or inclined, I guess, position is that they can't really create the pressure against gravity yet. It's too soon. They can't create that good belly pressure because their ribs and their pelvis aren't lined up properly. So they have to be on a flat firm surface for this pressure to take place. And again, it's for everything in the future too. Like, yes, it's a big deal right now, but it's an even bigger deal in the future. And we kind of touched on this a second ago with, with moving the arms and legs, but there's another big part of this too, is that yes, all four limbs will be up in the air during this pattern, but we also have activation of the anterior oblique slings. Meaning, if you look at yourself, if you look at your torso, and from, let's say, your right shoulder to your left hip, we have an anterior oblique sling. Same thing with left shoulder to right hip. Same thing. And this creates like an X on the front of our torso. We have some in the back too, but we don't need to talk about those just yet. Um, but these, the X, like that kind of tension and things, that activates in this pattern because if the baby moves the right arm and left leg, that's all anterior oblique sling. This is something for my postpartum friends that I try to cue on them too because this helps weave together that diastasis or diastasis, depending on where you're from and how you say that word. This helps weave that together. So if you have that gap, from being pregnant. Or you know what? I'm shouting out the guys too because I see a lot of this on men that have just terrible back pain. A lot of them are golfers and they have this gap on their belly and it's because they just can't activate those anterior oblique slings very well. So this is something that we work on in my office constantly, but it starts here at three months old. It's so cool. So it's interesting how they have never maybe seen the pattern or maybe they lost that, um, you know, throughout life and compensation and things. But this is why it's so important to let our kids be able to just move because they need, their brains need to be able to do these super important stabilization things and muscle activation things. And you thought I was just going to slide right past that pelvic floor comment earlier, but here we are. I'm going to talk about it and try really hard not to go talk about it for like 30 minutes. So <laughs> the pelvic floor. Okay. So gosh, where to even begin with this situation? First of all, it's skeletal muscle, just in a very inconvenient place to treat. Um, the pressure that we are creating, I'm going to try to narrow it down to just this milestone for the pelvic floor. So the pressure in the belly that we are creating, let's talk about that at this age, we are using our respiratory diaphragm that lives like if you if you touch the bottom of your rib cage, it's like a dome-shaped muscle that lives at the bottom there 
And when we breathe in through the belly, our diaphragm will flatten down and it pushes all of our internal organs down into our pelvis a little bit. And that gives the pelvic floor some really good feedback. So it tells the pelvic floor, which if you can picture the pelvic floor, it's basically a hammock or a sling that sits inside of your pelvis holding all of your organs. And when the organs go down into that sling a little bit, like I said, it will lengthen but keep its tension. And this is something, I'm going to shout out all of the women that are peeing themselves. This is something that none of you are doing. You are not breathing into your belly, making your pelvic floor long but still have tension. And this is something that starts at three months old. It's very, very cool if you think about it. And again, going back to why we're not sitting our babies in in seats to practice this milestone is because babies can't have their pelvic floors against gravity in functioning yet. It's too much. It's too much on the pelvic floor. So if we want healthy pelvic floors, healthy organs, good pressure in the belly, anterior oblique sling activation, which we talked about just a second ago, all of these things have to be done on a flat firm surface with baby just on, on the back. And that's really it. We are going to put the baby on the back, again, flat firm surface. I think I'm going to have a tally of how many times I say that, but it's so important. Flat and firm, it's safe, and we have to be supervised. Um, and you as parent or guardian, whoever is with the baby, will provide motivation for the baby to move arms and legs. So I love those play mats with the arches over the baby with dangly toys. I love it. My son loved his. He had a little like mirror and a target one. He just loved it. He loved it. So I highly recommend those. Um, and we are just providing motivation, like I said, and we're just having the baby move baby's eyes, arms, legs. You can feel the belly to see if they're creating the pressure, which they are, if they're doing the, the pattern correctly. And it's amazing because that's it. That's all we need to do. There are things that their brain will be doing that we cannot teach our children. And that's why this hands-off approach is so important. And that's why I love it so much is that we are trusting these humans that we created to do these things on their own, which is so empowering for them and for us, I think, as parents too. Like take some of the pressure off of me. That's fine. I don't have to do this. I don't have to teach my kid how to do it. Sign me up. They will do it on their own. I promise. And um, I've already gotten some questions. So I wanted to touch on this really quick. Flat heads. <laughs> I know. I know there's like a whole thing about flat heads and there has been um, for a while now. Although I don't think helmets were a thing when I was a child. But the, yes, flat heads. Now I'll just, again, try to stay out of the dark abyss of the flat head conversation. But I will leave you with this. Children are born with a natural predilection, meaning they will favor one side more than the other. That is 100% normal. Now, an issue, it, it can be an issue, right, when the head is becoming really, really flat on that side. But I will say, and actually another mentor of mine, she's incredible, my son had a pretty flat head on the right because he loved the right side. And I called her in a panic, you know, I'm doing everything right. I have tummy time and I have floor time with him pretty much exclusively. And I don't know why his head is flat. And she reminded me that he, he sees one side as more favorable than the other. And also 
when they start doing tummy time more and when they start rolling around five months, it seems like it's almost like the, the back of the neck, like those muscles at the base of your skull and down to your shoulders and like upper back there. It's almost like those muscles will pull the skull. And I know it sounds so funny, but it pulls into a rounder shape. It's insane. So if you have a flat head, of course, talk to your pediatrician. A flathead baby, I should say. <laughs> of course, talk to your pediatrician for sure. However, please don't feel the urgency to put a helmet on your baby. I promise you when the baby starts to move more and almost exclusively not be on the back, then you will see changes in the shape of the head almost immediately. It's it's wild. So take a deep breath where that's concerned. Of course, make your, your providers aware, um, but it's nothing to stay up all night about like I did. <laughs> All right, so let's recap this three-month supine or on-the-back developmental pattern that we just talked about. So the pattern, again, is just on the back, flat, firm surface. We're just hanging out, providing motivation for baby. The baby is creating intra-abdominal pressure in the belly to be able to move arms and legs. So the arms and legs are going to be moving in um, different ways. So like it could be one arm, one leg, both arms, both legs, etc. And where the baby is activating the anterior oblique slings on their torso, going from opposite shoulder to opposite hip. And then it's also providing really good feedback for the pelvic floor to be able to be in this position for the baby. And that is pretty much it. I love this milestone because it's so simple for us as parents. Like I said, I mean, it's you put your baby down and you hang out with them. Oh, and we're not going to worry about flatheads. Obviously, make your healthcare provider aware, like I said, but let's not worry. Okay, so that pretty much does it for the three-month supine pattern. Thank you so much for joining in this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the four-and-a-half-month pattern, which is one of my absolute favorite patterns neurologically, and we'll get into that more next week. Um, as always, if you have any questions, you can find me on Instagram at Jordan Spine and Rehab or on Facebook at Jordan Spine and Rehab. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Thanks for hanging out with me. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me, Dr. Lauren Jordan, with Jordan Spine and Rehab Center on Facebook or on Instagram at Jordan Spine and Rehab. Talk to you soon.